Welcome back to Defeat the Darkness. This is Vivian L. Miller, and I have with me C.J. Jones. And we're going to have some, we're just going to talk about some nitty-gritty things that we're all dealing with today. How are you doing, Cheryl? I'm doing very well, considering. <laughs> You're in the victory. <laughs> I'm in the victory. but it, it was a tough day, but I'm in the victory. Yeah, and that's, the, see, that's the thing. In the natural we both have been going through some very challenging times. Right. And in the natural, if we were only in the natural, neither one of us would be here right now. Right. However, there are people out there who need to hear what the Lord has to say. There are people out there who need to understand how to defeat the darkness. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of people who are spiritually illiterate. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we're here. Right. To help bring everybody to a higher level. That's the goal. That's the goal. So we're going to talk about our covenant with God, but I want to bring it down to the natural. If I have a contract with someone, if two people make a contract, and we're talking human beings, uh-huh. If they have a good lawyer, they're looking to put loopholes in that contract in case they need to get out. Right. If the person who's initiating the contract wants to make it so that the other person can't get out of it, they're going to do what they call an ironclad contract mm-hmm. where there's no way out of it. Okay. Okay. That's our covenant with God. <coughs> it's ironclad. Right. I cannot mess up enough to be out of the covenant with God. Right. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. You cannot mess up enough to be out of the covenant with God. Praise the Lord. Our covenant is, has been ratified our contract has been ratified signed in the blood of Jesus that's right and we're all dealing with stuff no that's for sure the world is falling apart amen but no matter what's happening our covenant has a um an article for that. Yeah. Our covenant has a section that covers that. Okay. The contract covers every eventuality. That's right. So we're going to talk about that. Sounds good. So I guess the question is, what are people dealing with today? Everything from A to Z, I can imagine. Pick one. Um, I think a lot of things people are dealing with fear still. Okay. Uh, frustration. Okay. Um, deception. Yep. Uh, manipulation. Yep. Lies. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you name it. We're yep. all going through it. And all of that stuff is the intangibles, which is mm-hmm. they're all covered in our contract with God. 
Right. Because there's, I don't know how many scriptures there are that say fear not. I think there's one for every day of the year, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. The reference is to fear not. Right. He would never tell you or me to do something we couldn't do. That's right. Because he's not unjust. So the question is, how do we deal with the fear? Well, the word says perfect love casts out fear. And perfect doesn't mean never make a mistake. Perfect means mature. In that instance, it means mature love. Mm -hmm. So if you say something that I don't like, I can choose to be offended and get angry and lash out. Or I can choose to think the best of you and let it and let it go. Right. That's that's my choice. Yeah. And because of free will, we have a choice on every in every instance. Mm -hmm. I was thinking more like the tangible things, you know, like finances. Oh, yeah. We go to the gas pump. We are reminded yeah. every day when we go to the, every time we go to the gas pump, we're reminded of what's going on. Sure. I don't think that gas is that much better than it was two years ago, but we're paying more than double. Per right. Day. Oh, yeah. But there's a, an answer for that in our, in our contract. My God shall <laughs> supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's right. And he has an endless supply. Thank goodness. You know, he made this earth to be self-renewable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I are hearing a lot of talk about renewable energy. Yeah. Well, there's more than enough renewable energy that God already placed on this earth from the foundation of the earth. That's right. I remember being in science class when I was, you know, 12 or so. And we were talking about the water cycle. The clouds get full. They get full, so full they can't hold any more water. It rains. The rain comes down. It waters the earth. It waters the, the grass. It waters the plants. It waters the ground. And it does one of two things it either soaks into the ground or it evaporates if it soaks into the ground it's causing things to grow if it evaporates it goes back and becomes a cloud again and guess what happens when the cloud gets full the cycle repeats correct god made everything so we would not run out that's right and the deceptions and the lies that have been going on. I mean, I, I saw a chart this week. I don't remember where I saw it, but I saw a chart about all the years we were told we only had so many years before everything collapsed because of the environment. Yeah. And this has happened for all of my lifetime and probably further back than that. Right. Of course, I'm only 21. That's all I ever admit to. <laughs> That's right. So, but it's been it's been at least 21 years. At least. But many more decades than that. Sure. <laughs> Where the world was coming to an end. 
Yeah. And they keep saying that, you know, we're going to run out, we're going to run out, we're going to run out. Which you brought up deception and lies. Those, that's definitely a lie. That's right. First, it was it was the big freeze. Then it was the global warming. Now it's climate change. Yeah, it's all the same lie. It is just differently packaged. And if and if the politicians that that tout this stuff truly believed it, they wouldn't buy waterfront property over in um, Martha's Vineyard. That's right. They wouldn't be, you know, flying their big gas guzzling jets, you know, to the G7 and the G20 and whatever other kind of meetings you're having over there in Europe. You know, they wouldn't be doing that. No, they certainly would not. If they truly believed what they what they tell us, they would all be riding around on bicycles everywhere they went. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, so it's it's constant a constant flow of, of lies. They want to call it misinformation, but it's a lie. Right. A lie is a lie. Right. So let's think about uh, shortages. Yeah. Well, the shortages that we're dealing with, again, the same mm-hmm. scripture, my God <laughs> shall supply all my need uh-huh. according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Or Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That word want in the Greek means to, or in the Hebrew means to less, uh, lack, lessen, decrease, or, or fail, or, or lose, you know, move over, lose over. Yeah. If we shall not want, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Yes, there are shortages, and yes, they're man-made, and yes, there are evil people on this earth Uh doing things to make things happen in a certain way. Yeah. But, you know, I remember a story about the prophet in the Old Testament that didn't have anything to eat, and the Lord told him to go sit by the brook. And he drank from the brook, and the ravens brought him meat every night. Yes. And then the brook dried up. And the Lord, he said, Lord, the brook's drying up. He says, now go see this widow in Zarephath. Yeah. And she had only a handful of meal and a barrel and a little bit of oil. And that was all she had. And she said, this is uh, my son and I are going to eat this one. I'm going to make this and we're going to make a cake and we're going to eat it and we're going to (laughs) die. And the the prophet said, and if it happened today, they would have, they would have, you know, touted it from the media, how evil he was he said make me the cake and and give it to me first yeah Yeah. but when she did that god made it made it so that the meal never uh, never quit coming out of that container and the oil never stopped and they all ate right Uh, isn't there another example of this in the in the word or is this I'm not thinking no, that this I, is the one. Be, I don't, I'm, I'm not thinking of it right now. If you can find it, that would be great. But I'm not thinking of it. But I know there's at least one example of that. That may be what I'm thinking of then. Because I'm recalling. I'm recalling this story of, of oil. It just, it's oil. That's all I remember is oil. Well, that's the woman that had her. Remember, her, her, her husband was a prophet. And he had died, and they owed a lot of money, and the creditors were going to come and take her and her two sons 
yes. bondage. Yeah, that that's the, the one I'm that thinking of. That was the oil that he said, go go get empty vessels and get as many as you can. Yeah. Don't borrow just a few, borrow as many as you can. Mm-hmm. And they shut the door and they started pouring the oil and they continued to pour mm-hmm. until they had no more vessels. And when they ran out of vessels, the oil stopped. Right. And they sold it. Right. Paid the debt and lived on the rest. Right. But that's still God's provision. It's still God's it's, provision. It's his supply. It is. It absolutely <laughs> is. And I remember a story from a, it was a years ago from a woman who, he, she was very poor and she was, her husband had died and she was, she prayed and she says, Lord, I have no food. You know, please, you, you said you supply my food. And she got really loud. She was praying every day. She had to pray for food. And one day she got really loud and she heard a knock at the door and the, and the, she opened the door and it was her neighbor. He says, you have been screaming about your God giving you food all this time. I'm tired of listening to it here. <laughs> and she started jumping up and down saying, praise the Lord. You had, a, you had an unbeliever give me food. Right. I remember that story. But it's the truth. Yeah. And we are at a time when people are panicking because they don't have supply. Yeah. But the government is not able or willing to supply all of that. And the we money shouldn't... in the government comes from us. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And and there's not there's not a way for a man to fix this. No. But God. <laughs> We have a contract with God. We do. And that contract covers every single situation. Amen. We need it. We do need it. We need it very desperately at this point right now. And there's not, there's no man that can answer this, you know? Quit looking to your friends, not you, but I mean, anybody who's listening, quit looking to your family, quit looking to your friends to be your source. Yeah. Because when God is your only source, he will take care of you. I think what I find ironic about these situations like this that we're in right now is that these situations are man created, but then man can't solve them. That's see, that's the whole thing. That's that's the evil part of it. Yeah, because they create this, and I don't know what they, the people that have been behind all this, I don't know what they think is going to happen when everything collapses. How they think they're going to eat, how they think they're going to survive if they collapse everything the way they want to. Well, it's not going to let that happen. But no, but I think they were still counting on their plan to reduce the population to 500 million and that they would be a part of that 500 million now we saw what god did to the guidestones because number one god has just had enough he has had enough we talked about vengeance yeah and it's we're seeing the pulling down and a destruction of of demonic and satanic symbols and statues things that they have erected to Baphomet and to Baal, you know, it's all been demonic. Right. And the whole agenda, their whole agenda has been a demonic. Right. And they're nothing but a bunch of Satan worshipers. And if you think that they're not, I highly, highly encourage you, anybody listening, 
to research the Rothschild family. And there may, uh, I, I don't know if you'll find them on the internet. They may have been scrubbed by now. You will see pictures of this family dressed in, um, <clears throat> I'll just say costume, to where they are dressed as demonic entities. And they have participated in, in Satan worship and child sacrifice and human sacrifice and all of those issues. And that is what we are dealing with. And a lot of people just don't know it and understand it. But they have an agenda. And it's a demonic agenda to end um, the existence of the majority of, of the population and just live how they want to live on this earth. And... Like I said, like we were talking about earlier, God has just had enough of it. And he's giving us his people and even those who aren't believers. I think he's giving us one last opportunity to get it right, to get right with him. So I would I would encourage everybody to jump on it. If you if you if you're not a believer, but you're listening anyway, you know, thank you for being here. Praise God. We love you. Um we're here to answer any questions that you may have. And if you have them, you know, Vivian is, is much better at answering questions than I am. But the answer is there. It's in the word. It's, it's, it's out there. You, we, you can find the answer if you search for it. But just go to God with your, with your questions and your concerns. And I know that if you give him the opportunity to reveal to you what the truth is, he will. But I think I just went off on a tangent right there, and I didn't intend to. But. That's okay. I, you notice I didn't say a word because you're absolutely correct. The yeah. thing of it is, is people have not discerned the time that we're in. Right. We've we talked about that many times. We are absolutely at the end times, and we are absolutely and in the final battle before Jesus takes us <clears throat> out of here. Right. And if, and if you're on the fence whether you should be a believer or not. Now is not the time to, to, to um, dawdle anymore about whether I want to be a believer or not. Right. I mean, I remember the days before I was, before I knew the Lord and I used to laugh at people like what these holy rollers go to church more than once a week. Yeah. What, what's wrong with these people? I mean, that, I remember <laughs> I said, I used to say, I'll, I'll be in hell and party hardy with my friends. That's the kind of person I was. Yeah. And I can tell you, you won't party hardy with your friends. Nope. Hell is a real place, but there's no place for partying. No, it's torment. It's absolute torment for all eternity. And the thing of it is, is that even believers are having trouble discerning the times we're in because they don't want to open their eyes and face the fact that there are people that are demonically oppressed or possessed yeah that have been running this whole thing to the ground right they don't want to admit that evil exists to that level well that's just the thing is that the the, the devil is so good at, at hiding and masquerading uh his his intentions and his plans it's like, it's like the word says you know he he masquerades as an angel of light so he can make anything look good mm-hmm He's got that ability to do it, and that's part of his anointing is that he can he can make anything look good to anybody. 
shiny and bright and isn't right. this wonderful. So the problem so that, is that there's a barb in everything that he offers. Oh, absolutely. And you'll you'll go farther than you intended to go and you'll pay much more than you intended to pay. Right. Because the thing about it is is once this is over, it's it's over. Right. And you're not going to get another chance. You know, you're not going to get that chance to repent because you, you've got it now. And now's the time. Exactly. Now is the time. And if you don't take it now, you know, like I said, once this is done, this is done. And the the opportunity that you squandered is that it's squandered. It's gone. You know, you're not going to have it again. So here we are. I remember hearing Kenneth Hagin talk about going to hell. He went to hell. The Lord took him to hell three times. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he said was he was reminded of all the times that he, he, the Lord in hell, he had remembrance of every time somebody tried to give him the word or give him, you know, about the Lord and he would reject him and laugh at it. Uh He was reminded of that every time he went to hell. Yeah. To spend all of eternity being reminded of how many opportunities you had to take the the free gift that Jesus offers. Mm-hmm. And all you have to say is, you know, um, Paul, when he, when he was Saul and he got, uh, he was on the road to Tarsus, he became born again because all he did was say, Lord. Right. It didn't require a big deal. You no. know, just the word Lord was enough to get him in because like the Lord told somebody years ago, I remember hearing the story. The Lord said, I'm not trying to keep people out. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to use any excuse I can to get them in. Yeah. He's a loving God. He really is. And, you know, I think more and more I've, I'm hearing the argument from a lot of people and I don't know why it's just, it's just constant, but people are, Saying that, you know, well, if he's such a loving God, why do, why does he allow all these things to happen, all these bad things to happen he to people? He didn't allow it. We have, a, we have a, a contract with God. Right. The only things that happen on the earth are happen because the believers have not taken a stand and done what they were supposed to do. Exactly. Which is That's what we've been why. talking about for the last several weeks. And that, I'm glad you brought that up because it's absolutely true. By spiritual law, the Lord cannot just come in and re and redo everything. He yeah. needs our permission. Yeah. And he gets our permission by us simply saying, Lord, we need help. Yeah. And the reason all these things have happened is because too many people who say they know the Lord are either sitting on their hands, waiting for God to come and deliver them without any action or they're, they're, um, what did they call those? Um, Brian, when Brian was a, was a teenager, he was a, he was really into skateboarding. He still skates skateboards, especially now with the price of gas. He yeah. takes his skateboard everywhere that he can, where he doesn't have to drive. But I'm right. trying to remember. Um, there was a term that they used for people that were they were wannabe skateboarders. They weren't really skateboard. I can't think of the term. He'll probably tell me later. But. <laughs> But there was a term for those people that were pretenders. Yeah. You know, 
there are a lot of people that go to church and they carry their Bible to church and they praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And they have absolutely no relationship with God. Right. And they're there because maybe they need business contacts or maybe they, their spouse drags them to church every week, but they're not really there in their, you know, because they want to be there. And we're coming to a point where you're not going to know there's not going to be any more pretending. Yeah. And we heard, we both heard that prophecy about the judgment starts with the church of God and it's starting this year. Definitely. And there's a lot of pastors and a lot of people that have been high up in different churches that are not going to be around. Yeah. Did <clears throat> they're and I don't want to get this wrong but I uh, and I hope I didn't mishear it but something about them them dying kind of in an untimely manner did I hear that right or am I yeah, just making that up no okay. you did you, you, some of them are going to die in the pulpit that's right yeah if they refuse to turn around they're going to die in the pulpit yeah then the beginning of next year the uh, leaders that have refused to turn around and, and follow God, the ones who've been the leaders, and I use that word with air quotes around the, word, yeah, <laughs> yeah. around the word leaders, but the ones that have been playing along with this rather than standing up when they know they're supposed to, they're mm-hmm. going to start dropping dead. Yeah. Because God's had it. Absolutely, he has. And we're in, we're in a series, I mean, he's he's merciful and we talked about a couple of times how both Abraham and uh, Moses both went to God and said, but Lord, you know, you can't do this. It's going to look bad on you. And the Lord was merciful and gracious and he repented of what he was going to do and backed off with Abraham. Mm-hmm. It was with Lot and with Moses, it was with the three, three million people in the, in the wilderness. Right. But he's at a point where he's, he's done. Yeah, he he's is. Done. He is. Yeah. I mean, yes, he is long suffering. Yeah. But I think that at this point, it, because we've gone so much further past the time that we should have, because mm-hmm. I, I don't know how, how, you know, I don't, I can't read God's mind. I don't know. His thoughts are, are not my thoughts. His ways are not my ways, but the, the, the things that his timeline, of course, time does not exist to God, you know, where he is, right. there, there's no such thing as time. But right. to us, we have a timeline. And we know that the timer is growing short. However, it's like we've said before on previous podcasts, this probably would have been over with a long time ago. Had if everyone gotten on the stick and done what they were supposed to exactly, do. Exactly. Because we are the army of the Lord. We the are. Army, nobody who's in the military lays in their cot all day because they don't feel like getting up and going to going to to chow and going to, you know, the, the uh, PT exercise or whatever. They, they don't have that luxury. Yeah. They end up in the brig doing that. I'll try it. And you know, the, 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 if we're in the army of the Lord, we need to be occupying until he comes. That's right. And that's, you know, but we have a contract. God gave us that contract. People don't understand one of the things that the Lord showed me years ago which is why I started tithing and never stopped. 
and it took me a, a several years to understand this, but once I understood it, I was it, that was it. The tithe is your covenant connection. Uh-huh. And what the Lord showed me was when you tithe, you guarantee my, my provision and you guarantee my protection because you are saying to me, I agree with this covenant. Covenants in the Old Testament were, were done in blood. Well, there's, and, they, and this one was cut, this contract with us and God was cut with the blood of Jesus. And the Lord explained to me, if when you tithe, you're saying to me, I trust you regardless of what it looks like in the natural. I trust that if I give you that first 10% off the top, that you're going to take care of whatever I'm dealing with, whatever's going on. Right. And so when he explained that to me, I was, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm committed to this. And some people over the years have told me, well, you don't need to tithe the money that somebody gave you for your birthday. Oh, you don't need to tithe your, you know, tithe on, on the, the, um, your tax return. Uh, maybe you don't need to, but I do. I need to. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, because I have a contract with God. Yeah. And I'm going to keep my, my end of the contract because that, that, um, puts the pressure on that contract for him to keep his part of it. That's right. I don't want anyone, especially the Lord to come to me and say, you didn't keep your end of it. (laughs) We're all, that's true. Yeah. You know, I don't want anybody to be able to say that I'm going to keep my contract. And if I don't like what's going on around me, which I don't in the natural, I don't like any of this that we've been dealing with the last two years. Uh Then it's my job. If nothing else, go find a strong, you know, that I found a strong concordance on the, on the internet just a couple of weeks ago. I didn't even think to look there, but I was looking for something specific. And the Lord said, just put in the word strong concordance in your search engine, which I just ducked up go. Yeah. And there it popped up. There is a strong concordance on the internet. So there's no excuse as to why somebody can't find the right scripture to use. That's right. I have a combination Strong's Concordance and Vine's Concise Dictionary. So if I don't understand certain things, I can always go there, not only to find, you know, the scripture that I need, but to understand the definition of particular words that are in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that I use, I don't use the Vine's, um, but I use the Strong's Concordance and I use the Webster's 1828. Mm-hmm. Because when Webster, when Noah Webster wrote that dictionary, he actually put scripture to illustrate the words that he's defining. Right. So I use, I'll use the the Webster's eighteen twenty eight, and sometimes for the fun of it, I'll go to to the Merriam Webster, you know, dictionary that we have today, and then compare it with the Webster's eighteen twenty eight, and it's amazing how the enemy has twisted our language. Oh, I'm, I know that it's changed drastically. It's changed a lot. Yeah. And you don't realize it until you pick a word that, you know, seems like no big deal. And you look it up in the, in the Webster's 1828 and then go look in the Merriam-Webster. It's completely different. <clears throat> that's right. Well, that's been, you know, one of the 
one of the tricks I say of the enemy is to change the definition of words. And we've seen that extensively over the last couple of years. Right. To where and why he has changed words, that. Excuse me. I, I talked over you. Say that no, again. No, you're fine. Um, I'm just saying that that's, he's changed. He's been able to change, you know, the definition of words so that they can be used against us. And they don't even mean what they're supposed to mean. Right. You know? And and if there was really, I've had a lot of people over the years poo-poo the idea of words have power, words are containers. Mm. And they, you know, I've had people actually laugh in my face when I say words are containers. Words are the most powerful thing on the on the earth. And they laugh. Well, That's if, that, if, they're, if they're right and I'm wrong, why is it that the, the enemy has twisted the words and the meaning of words so, so drastically? That's right. Why is he attacking words if they don't mean anything? What difference does it make? Well, they, they also, you know, words have an effect on, you know, our minds and our bodies. They do. And anybody who doesn't believe that, you know, I, I, I'm going to send you to YouTube to look up Masaru Emoto, who has written, who has done many studies and has also written a book about, he's got a book that's called The Message the Message in Water or The Message of Water. I've got the book somewhere. But he's he's done all these, uh, what do you call them, studies, I guess, right. on the effects of words on water. And he's taken photographs of, of the of the water crystals when they're their face when they're have certain words put to them right. and all it takes is he's not it's not like he's actually speaking to the words but he's just taping the word to the jar that the water is in it's not even speaking the word he's not even speaking the word he's just oh my goodness. he's just taping the word which means you know water obviously can read <laughs> apparently <laughs> apparently it can but he's he's just taping the word or writing on the lid of the jar the word that he wants the ice to ex- or to the water to experience and so if he's if he says something negative to the the water he he writes a, a negative word on the water it will take that form or it will take a form that is representative of that word wow and if he writes something like beautiful or lovely or even the word just love, you know, the, the water will take on the representative form of that word as well. And it's amazing the difference that you see in, in the, the ice crystals in these water, these water crystals that they take on just from having words written on them. So word, you can't tell me words aren't powerful. And then going one step further people can also look up dr caroline leaf and she yes. ta- she talks about the effects of negative emotions and negative words on the uh, neural path of your brain because she's a, a neurosurgeon and has been studying the brain for over 30 years and she taught she has pictures of what happens to people when they are you know constantly in strife Constantly in tension, constantly in argument, um, you know, they're violent or they're even even a simple thing like, you know, getting angry or offended because somebody did left the 
the cream off their out of their coffee or whatever. Right. Those things have effects in the in the neurological pathways in the brain and will cause breakage in those pathways. That's right. That's right. We were not meant our bodies were not meant and our bodies are how what's the percentage of water do you remember it and uh 70 70 or 70 to 80 i can't remember exactly i want to say 70 but i know it's a, i know it's most of our body is water yeah so the majority we, so it's either 70 or 80 it's somewhere like in there so when you're talking about you know the effective words on water and our bodies are mostly water and then you're talking about the effects of things that are not lovely and of good report in the neural pathways of our brain mm-hmm. I mean, simple things will affect us very, very strongly one way or the other. So that should tell you that if, you know, just if words are having um, that kind of effect on just water, the kind of effect that they must be having on your body. Correct. Because you can speak sickness and disease on yourself. Yeah. You know? And let me, let me just tell you guys again, because I found the book. It's Masaru Emoto, and I'll spell it for you so you can write it down. M-A-S-A-R-U-E-M-O-T-O. Masaru Emoto. The name of the book is The Hidden Messages in Water. And the thing about it is it's got pictures so that you can actually see the illustrations for yourself. These are pictures he took of the water crystals with certain words attached to them. So um, go find that book or just go to the YouTube videos and watch them. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It it sounds like something that's well worth our time, which goes right along with um, (coughs) the whole quantum faith. Right. Issue. Yes. It goes back. It goes right along with it because quantum faith is, is understanding the power of your words Mm -hmm. so that you can change the particles in your future to collapse in the direction you need them to go. Right. Exactly. We have so much more control than we understand. And the world we're in right now, especially with the way things are going, they're trying to, the people, the powers that be are trying to convince us that we have no power, that we have no control, that we can't do anything. We might as well just submit. Mm-hmm. That's what they told the, the, um, the farmers in Holland, just might, you, there's no point in, in fighting us. You might as well just submit. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Not with nope. the God-given power that we have. That's right. There's no reason to submit to that kind of thing. And That's it's, right. it's that lack of standing up. It's that submission that has put us in this position now. That's true. We haven't been standing up for for the principles of God and for <clears throat> what's right. That's right. that's it. We just haven't been standing up for what's right. We haven't been doing our part. Right. We shouldn't be surprised by the the time that we're in right now. We shouldn't. No. But a lot of people still are. Because they, uh, it, I, I think it goes back to they don't want to accept that something so evil and so nefarious and so demonic can be in charge. But on the other end of that, we are, we are in 
the, the devil's domain, you know, right. the earth is his. Right. So why are people surprised that they are, there, there would be that kind of, of evil here? Because well, that, that's what it is. <laughs> we are here in his, in his domain. And like, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of it. Right. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world is his domain. Yes. And we've allowed the world to overtake what belongs to God, which is the earth. Right. And the earth is where all the supply is for all mm -hmm. the energy that we need, all the food that we need, all the um, resources, natural resources that we, we have more than enough natural resources. Yeah. And for <clears throat> our quote leaders to be going to other countries begging for supply when we already have it, it makes absolutely no sense. Right. It doesn't, it, it's, you know, like we, within a, when a certain individual was, was president before this one and <clears throat> he, for the first time, I think, I don't know if it's ever, I want to say for the first time ever, we became an exporter, one of the top exporters in the world. We were ex actually exporting more goods than we ever, ever had. Right. And now we are right back to, well, we're Work. not doing that. We're not even producing any of that in our country. Right. So we are at that point now to where a certain administration is, is going to these other countries and saying, oh, we need your oil. Oh, we need this. We need that. When we have it right here, they just won't let us drill for it. Well, you and, know? and was it last week that we had how many how much oil was was exported <clears throat> to another country when we need it here right yeah we we sent it off to i forget who it was but yeah it was sent off to a foreign country yeah i, I think know. i think they what said what 40 percent 40 percent of it yeah it was hu a huge it was a large percent yeah yeah of i our don't reserve. exactly but i do know this we still have all that in the ground mm-hmm we have more than enough in the ground right now to last us for eternity. We really do. Yeah, because it's because it is it is uh, a cyclical. Everything that the Lord did was cyclical. Yeah, I don't remember enough about my, you know, science growing up, but I know that everything is re it renews itself. There's mm -hmm. no reason to have to go anywhere else. Right. None. That's right. We have a contract with God. We do. You can go to Strong's. You can go to Vines. You can go to, you can, if you don't have a Strong's and you don't have internet and you can't, well, if you don't have internet, you're not listening to us. But if you don't have, if you don't have any of that and you want to use that as an excuse, just sit quiet and say, Lord, help me. Right. <clears throat> He's looking for that open door on your part. Yeah. And he will step in and help you. He will. He is faithful. He is faithful. And we have we have a court a, a courtroom a heavenly courtroom in heaven. And we can use our contract with God to get what we need from the Lord. Legally. You know that heavenly courtroom. I'm sorry to interrupt. Apologize for that. Um, no, it's okay. Uh, that heavenly courtroom 
that we've been talking about, that's something that we really need to explore on here in depth because I know a lot of people don't even know it exists. Mm-hmm. But what I've been learning over the last several months, and especially since God has spoken to me over the last several days, <clears throat> you know, and I'm doing my research on it and I'm taking my notes and I'm doing what I need to do because I've, I've got a case that I'm about to take in the, into the courtroom of heaven and mm-hmm. I have to be prepared for it. Right. And that's what I'm doing. I'm in the process of preparing myself for this preparing case. Your brief. Yeah. I'm working on my brief and yeah, a lot of people spend a lot of time when they're, they've got these issues going on in their lives and they're, they're praying and praying and praying and praying. And they're like, God, I just, why, why am I not getting the victory here? Why, why am I not seeing breakthrough? Why am I constantly dealing with the same issue over and over and over? And a lot of people are going to the battlefield. They're doing a lot of spiritual warfare for this situation. But what I've learned is it's not necessarily, and it may not be, the battlefield you need to go to. Right. But it's the courtroom of heaven. Because somewhere we have given the enemy through sin a, you know, a case against us, legal rights to do what he's doing to us. Correct. So this is a topic that, that we will, I hope, at some point really dive into and address so people can understand, you know, especially those who have been saying, I've been praying for years and have seen nothing happen. Well, and you know, one of the things that, that, that I, I think we do need to talk about the heavenly court but one of the things we, one of the things that Bill Winston brought up this last week, he said people spend a lot of time in prayer, but then they leave the prayer room and they start talking against what they just prayed. Uh-huh. He said you can spend a lot less time praying about something if you just begin to say, right, and agree with what you prayed in when you in your saying, and just stay with it with your words. He says, all that praying isn't, isn't necessarily needed. But I remember when, before I learned this, praying in one particular thing, Lord, please help me with this. And you know, I believe I receive and then walk away. And somebody come to my, you know, my door, you come to my house and you say, so how's that situation? Oh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how that's going to come. Well, you just undid what you prayed for two hours ago. Right. And his point was, Keep your words in line with what you prayed and don't pray it but one time. And then from then on, just keep your words in line with what you've already prayed and already yeah. expect. He said so much of that is a, such a waste of time because you're backtracking over and over again. And I'm right. doing it. And it's very oh, yeah. frustrating. I think we've all done it at some point. Yeah. And if you don't understand the power of words, you know, well, I don't know, you know, and you it just undid everything you just you know, you spend 20 minutes praying and then the next three or four days undoing everything you prayed about. Right. So. That's right. Well, I'm going to leave it here for now because I think there's a lot we've, we've talked about and I think it's, it's there's a lot of food for thought with it. So I'm going to leave it now. Until next time, be victorious. Be courageous, walk in faith, walk in love, and defeat the darkness.